Good morning. Let's stand all over the house this morning. Let's sing this old hymn of the church. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, are you washed, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? For your garments, my legs, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you
you thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning, church. Amen. We're going to ask the ushers at this time if they'd make their way this morning. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. Immediately following our tithes and offerings, we'll get into scripture and prayer today. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you in this house and we've gathered in your name to worship you. Lord, there are many needs in this body today, but Lord, we know that you're still God and you're God alone. God, I pray you would bless this offering that we're about to take this morning. I pray you'd bless the gift and the giver. Bless those that have to give and those that may not. Lord, if there's someone here today who cannot give for whatever reason, I pray that at some point in time, God, that you would bless them enough that they could give back to you to show their love and appreciation for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon them. Lord, we pray that every uh, offering that is taken today and every uh, seed that is sown today would be for the advancement of your kingdom and it would be used to upbuild and to glorify the name of Jesus Christ and reach many people for the cause of Jesus Christ and see many souls saved. Father, I pray that you would be with all of those in this house today and bless the remaining portion of our service. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. And the people of God together said amen. 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 Will you bring it at this time during our meet and greet? God bless you. Can you hear me all right? Along with a lot of other people, I've been fighting this head, chest, whatever has been going on. 
But you know what? It don't matter because the Lord is good. Uh, in practice this morning, I hit notes I hadn't hit in a while. And uh, taught my Sunday school class this morning without too many thoughts. And I told my Sunday school class this morning that normally I read out of Psalms. Everybody knows that. And usually if I'm coming up here, he's going to read a psalm, I bet. Not this morning. I uh, drive down the road this week, and I put on WKCL, and my favorite DJ was on, Brianna. And she read from Colossians, and I started thinking about it. And I went, you know, it's been a while since I went to Colossians and read. So I started reading. And this just popped out of me, and I knew I had to do scripture today. And I said, well, Lord, thank you. Because sometimes I really believe the Lord leads you where you need to go. Sometimes by just hearing somebody else going like, have you ever thought about just maybe checking this out? So, Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 12, it's the Christian virtues. And it's something that I think about a lot, something I talk to my Sunday school class a lot. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, or love, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in the word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everything we do, we should be doing for the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord in Jesus' name. And that's the thing that we need to think about every day. I was talking to my Sunday school class this morning about the things that we tend to get busy and we put God aside. We don't think about it a lot of times because we're so much, you know, doing our thing and we forget about sometimes doing what God needs us to do because we're tied up with our life, the worldly things. We need to set that aside sometimes and just concentrate on what we need to be doing for each other and for God. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. I know there are lots of people that are sick this morning and need a touch. I've got a uh, family member that passed, and I'd like you to remember that family. Um, just provide comfort. We're not close, have never been close. Uh, but still, uh, the family needs to touch the Lord. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you. Pray that you will lift us up and keep us, Lord. We thank you for your touch. We thank you for the things you have done this week, Lord. So many wonderful things in our life that you have done. We thank you lift you up and give you the praise for it. Lord, help us as we deal with one another to be loving and kind and gentle and forgiving. Help us, Lord, to lift you up in all things that we do. We ask all of this in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. We're going to ask those that are going to be doing our special song this morning if they'd make their way today. We have a special treat for you. Miss Jeannie is going to come today. Normally she's in the back with the kids' church, but on the fifth Sunday we have family worship day. Everybody's in church together, so it worked out well on the schedule. So she's going to sing.
believe this is a song her mom might have had in her, her repertoire. Somebody, you don't know it, somebody? I don't know, they told me it's really old. It's a really old song. She found this that none of the band, except Brother Dennis, knew. So that should explain to you. This is a pretty, this is a song that's been around a while, but none of us knew it. Uh, but she's going to sing this morning a song called I'm the One. God bless you today. Well, my old timers know this one because they've heard me sing it many times. But Miss Carol asked me a few weeks ago what I was going to sing, and I said, you know what, I really don't know.
ask you to stand all over the house this morning as we get ready to go back into praise and worship. As Sister Jeannie just sang, he was the one that died for you and me. And so we want to uplift the name of the Lord. And you know, there's a lot of folks, Brother Randy already said it, there's a lot of folks today that are sick and are not here today. But we're here today, and so we're going to believe that the name of the Lord is that strong tower that we can run into and find safety and security and shelter. So let's worship the Lord today by singing the name of the Lord is a strong tower.
Lord, we love you and we worship you in this place. Lord, we know that it's the wonderful name of Jesus and there is no other name under heaven and earth by which men must be saved, but at the name of Jesus Christ, we know that. So, Lord, we declare that today in your house of worship. So we will bless, bless that, that wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus.
Let's sing this to the Lord. For this is your house. Father, come and dwell. This is your house. It's a holy house of prayer. When the lost and the lonely bring their burden and their care, this is your
all over. Let's sing that line again. We will bow down before him. We will love, we will love and adore him. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. One more time, just like that. Bow down. Father, your name is wonderful, and it's great and greatly to be praised. Father, we stand behind this sacred lectern on an assignment from heaven. Lord, nothing is more greater than the name of Jesus Christ being uplifted and glorified. God, we have already begun to feel your presence in this house today, but Lord, even more so than today, we're asking that even in the moment we're in right now, you come and speak to hearts open eyes, open ears to be receptive to the word, but also respond to the call of God on their life. God, as we get ready to break the bread of life, let our worship and our spirit of worship not, Lord, be hampered or hindered, but God, we'd still worship and magnify the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, just because the preached word goes forth doesn't mean worship has to stop. We can still worship Jesus in the middle of it all. This whole entire service is not about a singer, not about a speaker, not about an instrumentalist, but it's about Jesus Christ and Him glorified. And if He is not lifted up to draw men unto Himself, we have wasted our time to be in this place today. Let us come into this house. Let us come and reason together that we may magnify and glorify and uplift the name that is above every name. At that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. We decree and declare this service is in the loving hands of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And we forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name. In Jesus Christ we pray and ask in the body of Christ together say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord for a moment. I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. While you're turning there, let me just give you a, a rundown of some things going on. Sister Patricia Lambert's battling the flu. That's why she's not here today. Brother James Falk has the flu. The Carlson family that sits right here, they're all sick today as well. We're not sure, but we do know that it probably is uh, contagious because they've all been passing it around. So they're not here today. And uh, Miss Nina uh, would be here, Miss Nina Page, 
uh, would normally be here, but she's having to take care of her grandchildren today because her grandchildren's parents uh, over the weekend, uh, they weren't, they, she already had the grandkids, but the family, the parents started feeling sick, so they didn't want to send them back home to mama and daddy, and mom and daddy are not doing well, so she's got a bunch of kids at her house, and her car doesn't transport that many kids, so she's not here today because of that. She apologized, but she is watching online today, um, but she uh, hopefully will be back soon. Also, a special request I want to bring to your attention, and we're going to pray about it really fast before we go into the Word of God, but Sister Brenda uh, Burbage brought this to my attention. Um, uh, a young man by the name of Todd Crawford, I think he's in his mid-40s, uh, and uh, he used to go to church with Miss Brenda and them at the Church of God uh, in uh, St. Stephen. Um, he goes, I think, to uh, Faith Assembly now, I believe, if I have my story correct. But Todd Crawford, uh, this past week, uh, suffered a brain aneurysm. He's got two small children. Um, they think he's pretty much already legally brain dead. His wife has not made the decision to, to pull the plug at this point. Uh, she's still believing God can do a miracle. Uh, and so that's how we're praying for God to do a miracle. He's got two small kids. Uh, unexpected. Didn't see it coming. Um, happened, uh, I think, Thursday or Friday. Just, just unexpected, out of nowhere. Um, and so she brought it to my attention this morning. And I said, you know, normally... You know, we have Brother Randy or Brother Marion or somebody do it, but I want to pray for that one today um, because you just never know when life's going to throw you a curveball. You just don't know. But just because we don't know doesn't mean God didn't know. God knows before I knew. The reality of it is God was in the, on the scene before anybody else got on the scene to Todd that day. And I've seen God do too much. Brother Jeff was here this morning. He had to slip out. But Brother Jeff's brother, they told him he was going to die, but he's turning around. We don't know how well he's turning around, but he was up. To, he was up, When I say up, he was more alert and, uh, and more engaging with, with Brother Jeff over the last week when the doctor said he's going to die. Now he's communicating with his brother. So you, you figure that out. But God, God's still God. And I believe he can do this for Todd. And uh, his wife, I think his name is Sabrina. She's got small children she's dealing with as well. So I'm going to ask you to just bow with me for prayer briefly. And let's pray for the Crawford family. Heavenly Father, to the best of our ability, we come before you with a humble heart. A heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, but a heart of sincerity and humility. God, we pray today for the Crawford family. We pray for Sabrina who is handling things on the home front with the children and being a wife and supportive mother. God, we pray for Todd that's in that hospital room suffering from an aneurysm. God, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God, if it's not His time, you can say, stop. And you can reverse the curse. And you can turn around, Todd, and Todd can come out of this thing and he can give glory and honor and testimony to God and God alone. He is a man that serves you. He is a man that loves you. He is a man that seeks your face. He works in the children's ministry department at his church, he loves the Lord. But God, we know that, Lord, nothing good will you withhold from your children. So we're asking you to go in that hospital room and do what only you can do. Whether you use doctors and nurses and modern medicine, or whether you do a supernatural intervention from the great physician, you go in there and do what only God can do. And you reveal and show yourself and amaze doctors and amaze nurses and amaze medical personnel and amaze the church and amaze the world and amaze his friends so that when he comes out, he can say, God is God and God is great and greatly to be praised. God was with me in the midnight hour. God walked with me. God talked with me. God kept me. God sustained me, God delivered me and God brought me out of this valley that I was in. God we are believing and trusting. You said if two or three agree is touching any one thing. You are in the midst and so God we agree 
in this house today that you are God and God alone. And God, we pray today that, that this prayer that we offer up be stored up in vials of heaven and, this, uh, Lord, distributed and, and been poured out in this situation, God, at the discretion of your will and of your plan. And we will forever give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that is due your name in Christ Jesus. We pray and ask these things in the body of Christ together. Say amen. Amen. While you're turning again to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 1, I'm sorry, starting in verse 1, and we'll go down to verse 11. Please don't forget tonight, weather permitting, we will have our family fest. Uh, we are doing our best uh, to make sure this goes off without a hitch. Right now, we are. the weather looks like it may cooperate and get out of here beforehand. So pray that the ground is just really thirsty and sucks up all the water so that we don't have a slip and slide situation outside when this is all said and done. Um, also, uh, I want to make this quick announcement for Veterans Day. Veterans Day is on November the 11th, I believe, this year, if I have my dates correct. But on that Sunday, November the 13th, which is the Sunday after Veterans Day, we want to have, we're going to have regular service, but we want to have a special uh, uh, part of the service to honor our veterans. And so we have, uh, we've got a couple things in the works with the different military branches and flags and stuff. But here's what we need from you. If you or anyone that you, whether it's a grandchild, son, daughter, whatever, if you or anyone in your family, you have a picture of them in their time of service, whether they're in their uniform, whether they're in you know, their work uniform overseas, whatever, if you have a picture of them during their service, if you would let us borrow it, we will make sure we get it back to you. But we want to have a veteran's display, uh, pictures of various people in our church, people connected to our church or whatever. We're going to have a special prayer over our veterans and, and, and those that are currently serving as well. But we want to put your picture. We're going to have a nice decorative table here and some other cool things that are going to be a part of that, but we want to make you a part of that service by having that picture. We'll make sure that we'll get it right back to you. We're not going to, you know, bend it and cut it and all that stuff. We'll keep it in its original content, but we'd like to have you a part of that service. So whether if you served, your, your family, your parents may have served, your father, your grandfather, maybe you've got children that served, anybody that you know that has been in the military and you may have a picture of their service, if you'd bring that to us between now and and uh, that, that uh, service before that service, so we really need about that Wednesday probably before, so that would be, I think, around the 9th or so of November. We would need that uh, to be able to, to put that together, but we want to make you a part of our service that special day for Veterans Day. And let me say, we'll say it more then, but we are so thankful to all the men and women who have served and given us the freedom to be where we are today. And uh, we never take that for granted or lightly around here. We have the freedom to worship God. First Corinthians chapter 3. Verse number one, if you have it, I'm going to ask you to stand in reading of the Word of God. It'll be on your screen this morning. We're going to read down to verse number four today, and then we'll jump right into the message today. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as you were still babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with the solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able to, for you are still of the carnality. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? Verse 4. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? We're going to keep reading there. Let's keep going. When then is Paul... Who then is Apollos? They're just ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, 
Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. So then neither he who plants anything nor he who waters it, but it's God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor, for we are all fellow laborers. Somebody say that. We are all fellow laborers or workers. You are God's field. You're the harvest field. You also are the temple of the Lord. You're God's building. According to the grace of God which was given as a wise builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds upon it and let us each take heed of how he builds on it. For there is no other foundation that can anyone lay on than that which has been laid upon, which is Christ Jesus. Today I want to continue the message of who's in your inner circle. Who's in your inner circle? Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, help me to preach your word to the people of God. And let us hear from heaven. Father, I pray today that you'd hide me behind the cross of Calvary and take the coal from the altar of heaven and anoint the lips of clay. Help me to decree and declare what thus saith the word of the Lord. And let us not only be hearers of the word, but doers thereof. And we forever praise you. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. The people of God together said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to preface this morning. Please do not think that this chair is an object lesson. It is not. Uh, before I get into the crux of this message, at some point you may see me sit in this chair because I have broken my toe and it is extremely difficult to stand up. I had moved some furniture this past week and I forgot where I moved it in the house and the lights went out in Georgia, but it actually was in South Carolina when the lights went out, that I was walking to go to my bedroom and I had forgotten that what used to be an empty space in my house was now filled with things. And as I just been my goofy self bebopping across the house, just doing my little frolicking like lambs in the lilacs, my toe found the missing furniture that I had moved that I didn't remember where I put it. And so it is black and blue and red and bruised up and uh, very, very difficult to wear shoes. I almost came with one shoe on and one shoe off, but I didn't really want to. Their pride in me would not let me do that. So uh, my shoes are a little bit looser today, so I will probably not be running and stomping. And scr- I mean, I'll probably be a little more centrally located uh, so that most of my weight can be on the other foot. But um, God is good, and uh, he's still great to be praised. But I wanted you to know if you see me sitting, it's not because I'm lazy today. It's just um, I don't know how long I'll be able to stand. We started a message a couple weeks ago before Pastor Appreciation and uh, about who is in your inner circle. And we're continuing uh, this this mindset, if you remember, we are in a, in a season of where we are discussing what our vision is for reach, disciple, and pray, one person, one family, and community at a time. And I told you that we were in this series called Assignments, and when the time that we finish this series, we will have fi- spelled the word finish. We're talking about finishing God's command, clarion call of going into the world and telling everybody about Jesus, finishing that great commission. And we talked about the letter F was finding people, and I talked about the letter I was interceding or praying on behalf of people. Now we're on the letter N and we're talking about networking. And, and what we mean, I said to you last week that if you're not networking, you're not working. That doesn't mean that you're out there trying to smooth somebody or be a politician. But what it does mean, as the body of Christ, we cannot accomplish this task alone. There are, we don't go to Africa. And most of us in this room have never been to Asia or Asia Minor. Most of us have never been to modern day Iraq or Iran or Turkey. But if we can bless missionaries who go, we are partnering with people who can work Church of God World Missions or, or other organizations that can go and be boots on the ground as we network together and we get into what they call the 1040 window of the unreached 
reach people groups, we can go reach people for Jesus Christ. It's called being the body of Christ and networking together. It's not about a selfish ambition. It is about networking together. In fact, uh, just the other day, uh, I was jotting down uh, some, some notes, if you will, and, and some uh, uh, things regarding uh, the, the time in which we live. You know, the Church of God uh, is, is in uh, many uh, nations around the world, and uh, we are uh, uh, over 100, I think it's 185, if I remember correctly, 184, 185 countries in the world, there's a Church of God presence in this world. Uh, just over the last uh, uh, campaign of the last couple of years, uh, from 2016 to uh, 2020's uh, statistical report, the Church of God uh, increased to 7.8 million members worldwide. And we're growing, and, 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 and one of the largest Pentecostal uh, organizations growing. But even though we're growing, and even though we're in 184, 185 countries in the world, there are still the, the estimation that there are still over a billion plus people that have yet to hear Jesus' name in their communities. We're not there yet. That's great that we have 7.8 million people in the church. There's over a billion people who don't know Jesus. And the reality of it is we started talking about a guy by the name of Walt Disney and how he never saw his dream come to life, but he, 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 put, he surrounded himself with visionaries. He called them Imagineers and people that thought outside the box. The first point we brought up to you last week or two weeks, two weeks ago or so was you have to be selective with whom you align. You can't hang out with everybody. Because the people that you hang out with will affect you over a long period of time. You, if you hang out with people who cuss all the time, eventually you're going to get mad one day and stub your toe in the middle of the night. You're going to say a dirty word. I told my father-in-law the other day, I said, I, have net, when I went to uh, see on Friday night. We all were at a football game for one of Brianna's nephews, and I couldn't walk very well. And he's like, you, you know, what, are you old? What's wrong with you? And so I explained to him the story, and I said, listen, I have never said, I'm not really one that says profanity. I don't, I don't do that. I don't watch a lot of TV that, and stuff, and so I don't, I don't put myself in that situation. I said, but I had thought of every word that the English language had ever thought of. I didn't say it, but boy, every word I had ever heard in the back alley of Walmart with the stocking shelves and the guy that was drunk staggering on the street, I thought of every word I ever heard them say. And thank the Lord, the Lord sanctified me and Holy Ghost filled me and I didn't say any of those things. But boy, when I saw stars and there wasn't stars in the room, I knew that something was different in the room, okay? But see, the reality of it is if you put yourself in positions where you're around those people all the time, you will eventually gravitate and begin to mimic the people with whom you are aligned. I can't tell you how many people I have talked to over the years that have said things like, Pastor, I never know how I got here, and I started asking them questions. Well, well, tell me about your friends, and tell me about your hobbies. And, they, and over time I found out that, yes, when they were... You know, when they were in their high, uh, you know, high school days or when they were in their early college days, they started to gravitate away from the things of God. And they started hanging out with friends in college or high school people. And they started going to these parties and they started hanging out with the world and they started getting a taste. The Bible gives us very clear instructions that sin is pleasurable for a season. If it wasn't fun, nobody would want to do it. So the devil makes it enjoyable. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but there's also eternal punishment if it's not corrected in the proper channel of time. The reality of it is there's a lot of people that are out there in the world right now in which we live that they have
have, they don't even know why they're where they are. They don't understand why they're going through what they're going through. But if they would look back, they got themselves aligned away from God. They got away from the church. They got away from Sunday school. They got away from reading their Bible. They got away from praying. They got, they got away from seeking the face of God. They got away from going to Bible study. They got away from doing all these things. And what happened is they started taking on the characteristics and traits of the world. And then a little bit of taste, it got them to taste a little bit more. And then it got it to taste a little more. And before it was all said and done, they were so connected to the world and they were so affected by the things of this world that they didn't even remember what the things of God were like. They had seared their conscience. They had quenched the spirit of the Holy Spirit being their God because they had put themselves in positions and places where they weren't selective in who they aligned themselves with but just accepted anything. Can I tell you that we can't just, in the day and hour in which we live, we can't just accept anything and everything as status quo. We have to stand up. We have have to believe what the word of the Lord says we have to still believe there's an eternal punishment for the wicked and there's an eternal award for the righteous we have to preach that Jesus is the only way to heaven and nobody can be saved but through Jesus Christ we must uplift the banner of Jesus Christ we can't accept just because the media tells us to say it or because the culture tells us to say it or because the economy tells us to say it or because the government tells us to say it the Bible said let God be true and every man be a liar we have to stand with thus saith the word of the Lord if he still owns the cattle on a thousand hills he can provide beef steak for me when I need it if he still owns every bird of the air there's fried chicken for the righteous I'm here to tell you today you must stay true to what thus saith the word of almighty God God is our supreme help so today I want to pick up part two your inner circle will have direct effect on your destiny your inner circle will have direct effect on your destiny because the people with which whom you align, not only should you be selective, but if you're not careful, once they get into your little inner circle bubble, they'll decide where your path of life is going to take. You don't think about, oh, pastor, I'm going I'm to change them. Be careful. Be careful because more often than not, it's easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. Now, I can't do it this morning because of my toe, but if I stood down here, stood right here on this platform right here and held this, and I had someone like Brantley standing down there on the floor and he pulled my arm, I might could pull Brantley up a little bit. If I'm not careful, even though I feel like if we were in the middle of the floor, I have a pretty good chance. But if I'm standing up here, Brantley's got a pretty good chance of pulling me down there before I get him up here with me. Because the momentum, the gravitational pull will have that effect. And, and, and if we're not careful, that's what happens spiritually. We, we, I've heard people say, well, oh, Pastor, I, I'm going to marry them anyway because I, I'm going to win them to Jesus. Well, that's a great ambition. But be careful. I'm not saying people hadn't done that. So don't say, you know, you, you pulled that. If you did that or whatever, don't think that I'm judging you. That's between you and God. My point and what I'm trying to convey to you is, is we must understand that sometimes we may think we are as strong and it's powerful and impenetrable and, 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 and penetrable and we're just, we're just the best of the best. But the devil will find a weakness. He'll find a chink in the armor. He'll find a crack in the mortar. He'll find something to weasel his way into no matter how strong you think you are. Even the strongest men of faith, patriarchs and matriarchs of the faith, when you go back and read their biographies and their biographical history, they went through seasons where they almost lost everything. People like Billy Graham was not Billy Graham forever. There was a time his wife almost walked out on Billy Graham. Life wasn't always good for Billy. Now, 
Now, we look at him as one of the great revivalists and evangelists of the day, and, 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 and I believe that he, he truly was probably one of the greatest voices of the generation of his time. But what if he would have, if you will, allowed the, that weaseling of the devil when things were getting rocky, what if he would have followed that path? What would the story of Billy Graham look like today? See, the devil will try to find a way to take you out. But your inner circle has the ability to keep you from being destroyed. If the devil comes in like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but you got a, an inner circle of people that are prayer warriors, they'll pray you out of that circle that the devil's trying to break in. They'll pray you right out of it. They'll pray the devil right out of that circle with you. You, you, you surround yourself. When, when, when hell comes against you, if all the people you run to, when, all, when things go south, if the people you run to are your drunk friends, your cracked up friends and your drugged up friends and your doped up friends and all these people. And they're like, hey, take a puff of this, take a shot of this, take a whiff of this, and you'll feel better. Uh, that, that's not going to really, that's going to mask the problem for the moment, but that's not going to fix the problem. But you start aligning yourselves with people like Laura Mae Skipper. You start aligning people in faith like her, people like Velma Hodges, Pastor Fox that was here a couple weeks ago. You start aligning yourselves with people that have, have been in dark places and, and they have fought, they have raged war with the enemy. They have been in those battlegrounds, but they know how to pray the devil right out of the situation. You walk into their room, you walk into their house, and you say to them, I'm having a bad day. You better watch out for too long. They're going to grab you by the hand and they're going to beat the devil out of you or pray him out one, but you're going to know when you leave that place something happened in the room. They'll beat your bloody brains out, and either the devil got out or you're out, but something's coming out that day in their house. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all been, y'all been beat up a little bit. Y'all have had some of that. It's called that right hand of fellowship. Lay hand on no man suddenly, and it's just right there. and catches you off guard. So we all have an inner circle. Outside of, obviously, my wife and things like that, you know, I, my inner circle is very small. Obviously, I have a, a good relationship with my mom and my dad, and, and I talk to them, and have you know have them pray when certain things are going on but outside of that I only have about two or three people that is that, that knows every facet and detail of what I think what I do and how I do it and I only call on those two or three people very few one of those few is my aunt Wanda who just a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, had a health scare with a stroke and it it, it rattled me I called my uncle Bill and, and I talked to him on the phone a little bit but it rattled me because I thought in that moment, if something should happen to her, thank God there's some things changing, and praise the Lord for that, but I thought in that moment, if something should happen to her, who do I go to? Outside of my mom and dad, but, but my inner circle is now going to even get smaller. It's not because I don't trust people. I mean, I do have a little bit of trust issues with certain people because I've seen how they handle things in business, and I, I, I have to vet them a long time before I trust them because there are sometimes the topic matter is sensitive subjects or things like that that I don't want the whole world to know. But the reality of it is, the closer you get to Jesus, the smaller your circle becomes. Because the world doesn't want to get close to Jesus. They want to stay away from Him. If you want a big circle of influence, a big circle of promotion, you want lots of friends, friends with bennies, you want all these people that are just there when you take something from you, you want a big circle, then you're going to have to move far away from God. Because God's not interested in sharing the circle. He wants to be the centrality of the circle. There's a distinct difference. You put enough people, if I put a hula hoop on the ground and I try to cram 
if I put Chris in the middle of that hula hoop and I say, okay, now everybody get around Chris, that's going to probably be a tough job for everybody to get in this church to get around that hula hoop. Chris. Chris is a big man. I'm glad he sits second pew because if any of y'all get mad, he can hit you before I get you get to me. I like him being up front. I like that. I mean, now if I put Brantley in that middle of that hula hoop, I can put more people around him in that hula hoop because Brantley's a little bit smaller than Chris. But the reality of it is, the larger I make my circle, the smaller Jesus becomes in the circle. But the bigger I make Jesus in the circle, the smaller everybody else in the circle gets. Because the more Jesus fills with the presence of his Holy Spirit in the circle, the less of the world can occupy the circle. But the less of Jesus I put in the circle, the more the world can put in the circle. Can I tell you, we're living in a day and hour we can't afford for our inner circles to be people that we just like because they are benefiting us for a job or benefiting us for a career. We've got to make sure Jesus is the center of it all. And he has to stay the center of it all because if Jesus is not the center of it all, he's not there at all. He has to be at the center of it all your inner circle that word effect means to influence something the apostle Paul reminded the Corinth the Corinthian church there at Corinth that he had preached the gospel and the people that had even preached at him they only preached Jesus they didn't preach themselves they preached Jesus and him crucified can I tell you we're living in a day today where people, there are too many people preaching about themselves, about their kingdoms, about what they've done, what they've accomplished. They're trying to say, well, we're getting ready to dedicate the so-and-so building that we have built under our tenure and that we have done since we have been here and this and that and the other. And there's nothing wrong from time to time to, to say God has blessed us in this season because he gave us this building or this church or this ministry or whatever. But we have too many people out there in this world. And I hate to say it, if you're one of these people that support this, then then, you know, please forgive me and hope you come back next week and know the pastor's not trying to be mean. But I don't know why I should have to pay you $19.99 to get a prayer cloth to pray for you. If I have to charge you to get a prayer cloth from some holy water out of Israel that they got out the Dead Sea somewhere, look, it's just tap water that's got salt in it, y'all. It's not that special. You can go home, take tap water, put a bunch of salt in it, and get the same amount of content that the Dead Sea has. If I've got to pay somebody to pray for me, I don't want their prayer. If I've got to send them to $20 in the mail to send me a, a healing water to drink that's going to just rid of my body of all the toxins. I don't need that. For Jesus said, I'm the living water. I don't need some water out of a tree. I've got the living water flowing inside of me. For out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And it'll just bubble up and burst up like a geyser. And it'll just fill you up. If I've got to get on the phone and I'm, I've got to give a, a sow a seed so that God can send a hundredfold back. I don't need to sow a seed in that. I need to sow a seed in my local church and I need to put it in good soil we've got too many preach people preaching their kingdom, their agenda their promotions, their ideologies they have forgotten that it's been about Jesus, it's been about the cross it's not about my message, it's not about my kingdom, but it's about his kingdom, thy kingdom come Lord thy will be done Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, it's always been about Jesus, it's always been about him Many within the Corinthian church were political. Oh God, I could go there today. Lord, don't let me. They were not relational. They sought notoriety and not suffering. The Corinthian church was the first church of God in the world. Y'all catch that in a minute. Let me read it to you again. The church at Corinth was political, not relational, and they sought after notoriety, didn't want to suffer. That sounds like church of God people. How many did you have at church Sunday? I had 62. Oh, we had 78. 
great. What was the point of the conversation? Just so you could tell me you had more than me? Is that was the point of the conversation? I love it when the numbers are backwards, though. Oh, we had 68. How'd y'all do? Oh, you know, we had a lot of people out. They don't tell me the number. <laughs> they don't want to say. They'll walk up. Oh, Pastor, how'd you start? I said, oh, you know, we, we had a lot of people out. But, you know, we had, Pastor Appreciation, we had, you know, 60-some-odd people. If they had more, they're like, oh, we had 80. You know, ain't God good? I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I don't care. Next week, they'll ask, hey, Pastor, how many, how many, how many did you have? Oh, we had 67. How was church? We all signed it. Oh, well, you know, there's a lot of people sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I so said, how, how was it? Oh, you know, I, I really don't know. But I didn't really get an accurate count. The clerk didn't give me the number this week. I really don't have an, an accurate number. I, I'm sure it was a, de- a good crowd. I just don't know the exact number. Yes, you do, you liar. It's less than mine. You know, I'm not stupid. You don't want to tell me that. Because last week you were excited you had more. Don't treat me like I'm an idiot. I know what. You don't want to tell me you had less. You go to state. I just came back from state ministers meeting. God bless it. And, uh. I mean, now, I, this is a Sunday. I kind of wish Brenda was in children's church because this is the parts where she, uh, she and I, we talk about in the car. She, she can't stay in politics. She, it drives her nuts. She'll get in the car leaving a, a camp meeting or leaving a general assembly, and she's like, I couldn't do what you do. I'd already left. I'd have walked. I can't do that. She said, them people over there swapping file numbers like they're swapping Social Security identity. She said, this is the ridiculous thing I've ever seen. We were in San Antonio, Texas. She watched. She came in for a couple of days during the business sessions, and a couple of times she texted said, I've got to go find something to drink. Not hard stuff like a Coke, but I can't sit here much longer and listen to this. And I said, bring me one back when you come. <laughs> I can't leave. I did. Did I not make you bring me a root beer from Chalosky's right there? I made her say, well, if you're going down the street, just stop by and get one of those homemade root beers and bring it back in here. This is a long day, and uh, I can't leave. But you see it in church all the time. This one trying to move up to this church. I mean, God help me go here. I don't, can't really run fast, so this is bad to be preaching like this when I can't run. You, you're, you're ready to take me and take anybody out. Thank you. Okay, praise God. It amazes me what happens because I'll see things like Sister Brenda and I, and, and please, church, listen to my heart. God knows my heart. I'm not trying to judge people, but I've seen people. Stand up before a church on a Sunday morning and cast a vision. You know what? God said, we're going over. God said, this year we're going to increase by 20 people. God said, and cast a vision. And less than two weeks later, stand before God and that church and say, yeah, I'm moving to a bigger church. So was God, so so was the vision for uh, the church you just were at? Or did God miss the vision and it was for the other? Where, where does the vision line up at that point? It's the question I've always wanted to ask. So whose vision was it? Or were you just saying the right words for the moment? Because you know, maybe this happens. I don't know. This is my first pastor and I've, I've worked in other churches. But I, I, don't, I, I don't know that God always waits till the, the day before you're supposed to report to the next church to tell you that, that he's moving you. I think that you knew ahead of time. <laughs> you went and talked to the overseer or he wouldn't have known you were interested in going to that church. Hello? <laughs> I know I'm church of God. I'm sure Sister Susie, who, who uh, her and Pastor Paul uh, were in the International Gospel Holiness Church, I, I'm sure maybe they do it different over there, but I'm, I'm sure she's heard some of these similar horror stories. I, I mean, the, the state overseer or the state administrative bishop or the, the, the presbyter or whatever you call it, 
They don't know you're interested in moving unless you told them you were interested. Hello, church. Come on, help me out. Don't act like you don't been in church long enough. So you have a vision for the church, but you know you've asked for a move. Help me with that. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm going to preach alone today. Sounds good. All right, so, so the reality of it is, I'll just tell you how I feel. I don't believe God gives a vision. Now, I understand the vision goes, you know, I've heard people say, well, the vision goes with pastor. I get that. But don't you stand before the pulpit of the people and say, God gave me a vision for this church, and then the next week resign. Something went wrong there. I'm sorry, it just did. I bo it bothers me. You know, but it bothers me. Because the reality of it is this. When the overseer called and said, hey, John, then you, you, I've seen you took, you know, Central Church God was in, in the 20s, and y'all were around the mid-60s. I tell you, hey, listen, um, we've got, you know, St. Michael's Church of God, they run about 90 on a bad Sunday, but about 110, 120. They need a young guy coming in there. Will you go? Now, I have a choice to make. Now, obviously, if I've cast the vision, whatever. But more often than not, men, and I, I say this very humbly. Most men don't pray about it. They just answer. I'll go. You know why? Because they heard a number. I wish... This is me, but that's why I'm not the state overseer, because nobody would like me. I wouldn't tell people the numbers. I'd say, Brother Smith, I know you've come to me and talked to me about a church. I've got St. Michael's Church of God. It's available. They need a pastor. Now, he might ask, Pastor, is it a, you know, Bishop, is it, a, is it a full supporting church? I might answer that so he knows how to take care of his family. Ultimately, I might say yes. He says, well, how much do they make? I'd say, that's not the point. It's full support of you. You can take care of your family. Well, how many do they run? That's not important. Do you want to go? Because if I'm only making decisions on how much money y'all have in the bank and how many people show up on Sunday morning, I'm not going for God. I'm going for me. And the reality of it is our inner circle will affect our destiny. In the church of God and other denominations, I'm sure, we always surround ourselves. You see it all the time. People will put in their inner circles people that can only advance them, not the kingdom. You see it at state ministers meeting all the time. You got people walking around, sharing file numbers, having secret meetings, having all these side, side meetings and going to these special lunches and going to these things. Hey, guys, vote for me for the youth board. Vote for me for church ministry board. Guys, I'm telling you, and then when I get on there, I'll promote you, and I'll, I'll try to tell people. It's just, it's just a, it is a Ponzi scheme of political agendas. But what happened to God? I'm sorry. I don't understand that. Scale, make your way. I'm digging a hole I ain't never going to get out of. I want you to understand that there is a difference between networking and politics. Just because you are networking to advance the kingdom of God doesn't mean you have to be political in the same in the same way. I don't believe, Rand and I talk about this, I try my very best to err on the side of not being political. Now, I know there's a little bit of, you know, there's voting and there's procedures, so there's political ideologies and you have to vote and do different things. There's, there's, a, there's a part of that. But at the end of the day, I try to pride myself on not being political and caught up in the minutiae of that, if you will. But I don't have a problem talking to a random stranger at state minister's meeting or at, at General Assembly, find out they're a missionary to Europe and say, hey, give me information about your, your project because I may never go to Europe, but I want kids in Europe to know Jesus. So tell me about what you're doing so that I can go back to my church and we can see if that's something we can work out 
because I want we have something to give to the ministry of Israel. I've never been to Israel. I'd love to go one day. I, I would love to see the streets Jesus walked. I'd love to see where they think the Garden Tomb is. I'd love to see the Sea of Galilee. I'd love to get baptized in the Jordan River. I'd love to baptize someone in the Jordan River. I think it would be the most incredible experience ever. And if the Lord ever gives me that opportunity, praise Him. But I may not ever get there. So if there are people, Sister Brenda, that are in Israel right now giving shoes in the name of Jesus and clothes in the name of Jesus and bread and water in the, I may not go, but I want to sow into that because the Bible said some plant and some water, but God gives the increase. I may not go be able to hand them, but I can sow into it. I can give water in Jesus' name. A cup of water. Jesus said, if you give a cup of water, it's as if you've done it unto me. If you've given clothes to those that were naked, it's as if you've done it unto me. If you go minister to those that are in prison, it is as if you've done it unto me. I may not can go, but that doesn't mean I can't network to advance the kingdom of God. That's not political. That's dealing with getting the kingdom message out. But you have to be selective who you're aligning with so that your inner circle has a positive effect rather than a negative effect on your destiny here's the reality of it was it Jesus select what Jesus selective in who his inner circle was I mean he picked every background you could think of he picked fishermen most people thought were the low people in town had tax collectors. He had the he had people for the IRS. I, I've often thought about, you know, Judas was the one over the money. Jesus, you saw how that well that went. You know, he was siphoning it and taking it out. You saw how well that that all worked out. I always wondered. I thought one day, you know, Matthew had played with money for a long time. He was the IRS agent. Even Jesus knew the IRS shouldn't have your money. Think about that. Even Jesus said, all the money we give in, don't give it to Matthew. He works for the government. Don't do that. <laughs> but he had IRS agents, tax collectors, fishermen, Pharisees, people of religious sects. I mean, Jesus didn't hire all doctors or lawyers. He didn't hang out with just rich people. He hung out with anybody. The rich, the poor, the disenfranchised, the popular, whosoever will. He said, come on. Let him come. He wasn't. He was selective, though, in who he let be in his inner circle. He's a God of unity. See, Jesus' ministry affected his inner circle. And in return, their ministries went out and affected the world from what he did. God has called us to advance the kingdom of heaven, not promote ourselves along the way. There are too many people, while they're on this journey homeward, they're promoting themselves along the way there. That's not how that works. Proverbs 16 and 8 says this, Pride goes before destruction, and haughtiness before the fall. Proverbs 14 and 12, There is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end thereof it leads to a place called death. God needs less promotion within His kingdom and more advancement of His kingdom. Don't miss the prepositional phrases that I just used. I'm not an English literary scholar, but I am enough, I've done enough with English enough to know the proper use of prepositional phrases. God needs less promotion within the kingdom 
because he's already king. He don't need other people to try to make their own kingdom. He's already got a kingdom. Not of this world, but he's got a kingdom. God needs less promotion within the kingdom. But he needs more advancement of the kingdom. He doesn't, he didn't say advancement. He needs more advancement within the kingdom and less promotion of his kingdom. Don't get the words backwards. It doesn't say, oh, well, God wants more advancement within the kingdom and less promotion of the kingdom. That's backwards. He wants less promotion within the kingdom and more advancement of the kingdom. All about where you put the prepositional phrase. Less promotion, more advancement. Within and of, within and of, those two words change the whole nature of that sentence. Less promotion within the kingdom, advancement of the kingdom, or less promotion of the kingdom, advancement within the kingdom. It changes the dynamic of that statement. Too many people operate under less promotion of the kingdom and more advancement within the kingdom rather than operating under we should have put less promotion within the kingdom and more advancement of the kingdom. Here's my question to you today as we close. To all those that have been watching online, God bless you. We love you. We are praying for you. and Thank you for being with us today. Your inner circle will affect your